Welcome to the Stripe It Like It's Hot podcast. With your host, Cam Roberts. There it is. Boom. Live. What's up, everybody? I'm just going to give it a couple minutes for people to, to hop in. But uh, I'm recording this week's podcast episode live from the phone, which uh, I don't normally do. But yeah, I'm going live on Instagram today and I'm recording it down for the episode. People are already filing in. Cool. So yeah, I have a, a few things uh, like question and answers that people have sent to me over the last like forever, like two months worth. So I thought it'd be cool to just uh, pop in, answer some of those questions. And if anyone wants to hop on uh, with a question down below, I only have like 20 minutes, but we're going to, I'm going to go through some of these awesome questions. So I hope everyone uh, who's jumping in here, I see Laredo preferred striping. What's up, Chad striping Colorado. Uh, I would love to go to Colorado. I'm in Canada and Colorado looks like, oh, there's my wife saying, I love you. That's perfect. Anyways. Happy Friday, Striping Colorado. What's good? So I have just some, like, I literally only prepared five questions. The extent of this preparation is five questions. So if anyone wants anything they want to talk about in the next 20 minutes, put it down below on the comments on Instagram Live. And if you're listening on the podcast, I hope you enjoy. Um, five random questions I've got here in the last little bit here. Um, Tyson had private messaged me uh, on Facebook. A question that I have literally no idea what the answer is, but I have some good information that might help. Tyson asked, what is the next generation of Graco equipment going to have? So Gen 6 Graco equipment. That is not a question that I have the answer to at all. Um, there are some epically cool Graco people that I have connected with, um, but it has been really difficult to get one of them on the podcast. I have tried. I probably haven't tried as hard as I should, but I have tried with a number of the incredible guys in Graco. Um, and some of these guys like are on the Facebook groups. And, but people don't even know that they work for Graco. In fact, I just saw a hilarious post the other day where uh, Joe Bellis, he's one of the awesome dudes down in, I think he's in Texas in that area, an incredible Graco dude. He was literally answering somebody's question and somebody attacked his answer about the new battery powered equipment. I just thought it was funny. Like this guy who works at Graco knows what he's talking about. But anyways, I have good news though, because there is uh, a senior guy at Graco who has agreed to come on. Um, and he will be coming on probably in the next couple weeks, which means the episode would probably be out in the next two, three weeks as well. So he, uh, that's one of the things I'm going to ask him, Tyson, I don't know if you're out there listening to the podcast. You said you listen. So I'm going to ask you if you listen to this, um, the next generation of Graco equipment, uh, I'm going to ask him and hopefully we get some answers. I have some theories though. Um, I think many people have seen the automatic guns that go up and down. Um, this is like, we're talking like homemade things. Like some guys have actually, uh, wired, uh, a gun raising button onto their handlebars so that the gun can go up and down for setting your striping with. I think that's like a no brainer because all the electronics, all the power is already there. That would be super cool. But after that, man, I just don't even know. Um, I imagine they'll make some tweaks and improvements to the auto layout system. Uh, what exactly? I don't know, but I think there's some improvement there that could be made, but I would be very curious what everyone wants to see from Graco because their fifth gen stuff is already pretty unbelievably cool and now they got the battery powered stuff like the, the drivers and the new uh like the, the graco 3400 the battery powered version the es which one is it the 500 yeah the 500 uh we actually bought the stencil rig battery powered machine um with that's powered by these guys the dewalt batteries super cool 
but uh, yeah, I don't know what the next generation is going to have. I'm super excited to find out. Uh, my buddy Clayton's here. Hey, Clayton. So Tyson, I'm going to find out for you and uh, keep listening in the next two, three weeks. I'm not going to say who from Graco is going to come on because he hasn't officially, we haven't booked it officially yet, but he's a good guy. He's actually in one of the senior marketing positions. So he actually knows a lot about what's going to be coming up. So I will ask him. Um, Jay, Jay, I didn't actually, I don't, I'm not sure if his name was Jay. This was a comment from YouTube. It might be Jay, but whatever. Jay, Jay, he said, what advice do you have for a striping company who wants to add other work? Um, that's kind of a, that's kind of a generic question, but I actually have a very specific thought about this. I, I strongly believe, and I think I've even talked about this before on the show. I strongly believe that most striping companies probably aren't in the best position to start adding the other services like the crack filling and the seal coating and the asphalt repair. Um, you know, if it's, if it's inexpensive for you to do that, like JY or J or whoever your name is, I'm not sure if that's something you're out there thinking about, but if it's an inexpensive and easily added in service, it might not be a bad idea. But as soon as you start going out to buy like a lot of other equipment, like crack filling, sealing material, unless like unless you have the the system behind you to support adding a significantly amount a lot more work it's usually not a good idea right so every business owner is going to have to decide for themselves but i think a lot of business owners suffer from shiny object syndrome which is yo uh, later uh, a lot of business owners suffer from shiny object syndrome which is basically like hey cool i could go make an extra 5000 bucks or 10000 bucks doing seal coating work. So then they go out and buy the equipment. But every time you do that, you're adding you or you need a lot more operational labor to do that. You're buying, spending a lot of money to buy equipment up front, which increases your operational expenses and your maintenance. And quite frankly, I think if more business owners just put more time into improving their sales with their existing service with striping, you could do a lot better in business by just improving your sales and what you have rather than going out to buy the shiny new equipment to get you more work. Um, yeah, our company has done really well by just being hyper-focused on painting. Like, um, yes, we do other services now, but we got to a point where we had increased our revenue drastically just by focusing in um, and honestly, mostly improving my ability and how to sell jobs. And I think if you put more effort into that, rather than trying to go after the shiny new equipment, you'll probably be better off. Uh, what's up? Kyle, I'll see you down there. What's good? Freddie, he asked me uh, a super good question. Uh, he also DM'd me on, on Facebook. How did you find your best employees? I love that question. How did you find your best employees? Um, I can tell you where we didn't find them, which is like job posting ads and Indeed and stuff like that. I, if it works for you, great. Like, I personally am not a fan of those kinds of things at all. I think you can get a lot better a lot better uh, success by attracting people to come to you rather than you putting out an ad and going to find them because everyone you know a, a lot of business owners have been in this spot where you post an ad and you line up interviews and then you line up five interviews three of them no show one shows up like high or something or drunk and then the fifth guy takes the job but you know quits after two shifts right like you hear that story a lot so for me, finding our best employees hasn't come from that. It's been asking our existing employees or even people that don't don't work here, like people that I know, do you know anyone who would like an opportunity to join a company that would align with what we're doing, right? So 
I've had tremendous success with that. Asking our current employees, do, like, do you guys, you guys see what we're all about? And if you have a good employee already, chances are they're going to want to have people that they know come work with them too, because they love their job. So asking people within your own circle already, like, do you know anyone who would love to come be a part of this company, be a part of what we're building? Um, what I personally found is that, yeah, it's not super imperative to have people come in with existing experience. Like we can, we have the systems and the processes to train people quickly, but getting good people is not easy to do. So I'd rather have people that I know come find them for us basically. So, um, with that, when I saw this question, I'm going to tell the story of one of our employees who's just absolutely incredible. In fact, he's, we've recently promoted him to a crew leader. Um, he was literally, uh, uh, he had his own business that was slowing down due to COVID. Um, he also did a little bit of roofing work in the summer, but essentially he had his own business. And because of some government restrictions, he was basically shut out of work, uh, shut out of work last winter. So we brought him in literally just for like a shoveling position. He was just looking for extra work to keep things going. And after one shoveling shift, when I met him on site the first day in winter, we basically immediately after that one shift promoted him to be a sanding truck operator because the guy was so good. He, he had, he demonstrated all of the positive values we wanted. So I knew right away, like, this is a guy I want to have. I don't care if he's never, I didn't even hire him for painting. Like this was just for snow removal, but we wanted him involved in the company. So we put him in the sanding truck. He ran the sanding truck part-time over the winter. And then when we got to, you know, March, April, getting close to painting season, uh, we sat down with him and said, we really want you to stay on for the painting division. And obviously it took a little bit of you know time for him to think about it, some negotiations, but he decided to come on and now we just promoted him to our crew leader. All in the span of like, you know, less than a year, but bringing him in from the, for the summer season was April. So what is that? Five months. So yeah, sometimes the best employees, you, you, you might already have one in your system already, or you might know somebody who would be a great employee. Go after those people, man. Um, Robin says, marry them. I don't know what that means. Cause you're not an employee. Like you're part owner of the business. I don't know what you're talking about, Robin. Uh, Oh, a question down there. So you go business to business trying to sell jobs like physically knock on business to business doors. I used to do that. Absolutely. When I started, that's like, there's no more efficient way. When you start a striping business, don't overcomplicate it. Go meet people in any way that you can go knock on doors, go phone calls, make emails. I've talked about the importance of cold emails and that Kim, I know you're taking, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, you, you can't do anything wrong for sales when you start a striping business or any asphalt business. Anything you do that will generate some positive momentum is a good thing. Um, I think a lot of business owners hold back, especially when they're newer, because they don't want to feel like they're bugging people or like, I don't want to be the pushy salesman. But the reality is to, to grow your business, you need people to know who you are. Like you, you have to. People will often buy from people that they know, that they like, that they trust. And you can't do that unless you're out there getting yourself out. So yeah, absolutely. Going business to business is, is awesome, especially when you start because you're not going after like, you know, $50,000 painting jobs. You're just trying to drum up work to get your name out, build some marketing, build some power uh, of who you are in your business in the market. So yeah, go to door to door. I'm a huge personal believer in emails. Um, I think I told this story on the podcast, but I'll give you the short version anyways. When, when we move the business to where we are now, 
which was right before COVID. So like late 2019, like we moved it to a location where I basically was starting over because I didn't really know a lot of people in the new city where we moved. So essentially I had to do a lot of the, you know, door knocking, but I chose to do that mostly with emails, phone calls, things like that. One of the best clients that we still work with to this day for both painting and snow removal, um, all came from a cold email. Like I just, I found the property that was close to where, uh, well, it was close to where we were living, but a property that I wanted to work with, got in touch with a property manager by finding their name and email online, which was super easy to do. And just sending them a super simple email, introducing myself, who we are, the kind of services we could offer and offering to be of any assistance to them. So I didn't email them saying, Hey, can I paint your parking lot? But just saying, Hey, this is my company, laser line painting. We're new in this market. We would love an opportunity to work with you. We try to bring a lot of value to the people we work with. And that one email started this chain reaction of like getting in touch with another property manager where long story short, we now have an awesome working relationship with this company and do like tons of business with them year over year, just from starting an email, getting in touch with people. So yeah. Yeah, you know, eight years in business. Yeah, it's so important. Striping Colorado says eight years in business still do that. You you have to. You have to. Like marketing who you are and the company that you have is so important because people need to know who you are. So uh, I agree to this day we still do the same thing, Striping Colorado. We we will still send out. It's not as much now because I'm a, I'm a, little, a little busy. We've had uh, some issues here. So time has been the enemy, but even still, I will make time in my calendar to do some outbound sales work, try and connect with new people. Um, if we get an opportunity with a new contractor who is looking to give work to us, I go out of my way to try and meet them in in person, uh, explain a little bit who we are. And just more than anything, we're not looking to sell them work. We're trying to build a relationship with them. That's what's worked really well for us. So um, last week I connected with a dude uh, named Jacob. I think he found... I think he found our YouTube channel uh, and then the podcast. And he's like, hey, man, I'd love to chat with you. So me and him hung out on Zoom for 20 minutes last week. And he asked me a question that I've never been asked before. And it kind of caught me off guard a little bit, but I thought it was a great question. He asked, what does a bad day look like for you? And he was asking in the context of he's thinking about getting into this business. He has an existing one and he wanted to kind of find out like what what's what does a bad day look like? So I kind of gave him an answer where I compared, I compared it to what it used to be to what it is now. Um, a bad day now, you know, we have so like, like I, I'm not the guy out there painting anymore. Right. So when you're, when it's just you selling the work and doing the work, you can control everything. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like most business owners are probably inherently control freaks. Like my wife, is she, she's still listening. Uh, she'll, she'll vouch for that. Like I'm, I, I like to be in control of the situation almost too much. Like in hiring people now I've learned to let go, but because of that, when you let go of things, like now we have two painting crews and they're out full time doing painting. I can't be there on the jobs all the time. So if we do a project that doesn't go to plan, I mean, that can get very costly very quickly. And that, that's probably what the worst bad day can look like is if, if we send the guys out, something doesn't go right. Maybe we, I didn't set the right expectation or didn't communicate the job properly or something happens. Um, we did have, you know, a, a paint spill last week on a road situation, like those kinds of things. A lot of business owners get super frustrated at when they start hiring because, you know, they feel like, well, if you can't do this. I'll just do it all myself. But the reality is, I mean, 
you, you train, you set expectations. I talked with Jacob about uh, standard operating procedures. So all everyone in our company, we have a standard way of doing everything. <laughs> we have a standard operating procedure for how to mix a paint pail. Just because when we onboard new employees, everyone is working consistently in the same thing. Um, everything's done the same way. And that mitigates a lot of those bad days situations. But I think when you start business, like if somebody's listening to this, you know, on the podcast and considering starting a business, you know, I've, it's pretty hard to go wrong financially and be upside down on a painting job. What I mean is going to a job and losing money, unless you do something incredibly like whoopsie, like spilled, you know, a ton of paint in a parking lot that might cost you, but it's pretty hard to quote jobs and come out financially backwards on them. Usually most jobs are money makers. So yeah, as you start to scale though, I think that's so important. That's what I told Jacob is like, you need employees to help you scale and you take the, you should do that with the the thought process and the understanding that there's going to be times where they make mistakes but ultimately, it's up to you as the business owner to set the expectations, plan for things, give them those those procedures in the system where they can follow things consistently to help reduce and or eliminate those mistakes, right? So, uh, Kyle, you're back. Yo. Oh, uh, Clayton, uh, relationships first and the company will follow. This is literally every, in my opinion, this is every business ever, Clayton. Like businesses that just go out to make money usually will not sustain themselves very well and they'll have a very difficult time growing because there are clients out there. I don't care if you're painting a parking lot or plowing snow or plumbing houses. It doesn't matter. There are clients out there who will just view what you do as transactional. They're only interested in getting a good price. And if they need work in the future, they'll go out to other companies, try and get the best price. Like those clients are out there. But if that's what your business is focusing on is just trying to be a transactional and get as many jobs as possible. A, you're, you're probably not getting those jobs at the value you want because you're only going after clients who are interested in lower prices, which it's not really good for your business if you're lowing, you're the lowest price. But also it's going to completely eliminate your ability to work and generate recurring revenue because you're only working with people on a transactional level. So again, like the best, the best clients that our company has um, are the ones that we've built an established relationship with and provided some value to them even before we stepped foot into the parking lot. And, and you do that, you, you, you bring value to clients by like asking questions and just shutting your trap and listening. Like really, it's amazing what you will learn on a sales call with potential clients, when you ask questions about how they feel about things, what their experience has been with painting, um, what concerns they have going forward and having frank discussions about what, what your services cost. Like when you ask good questions and then just zip your lid and actually listen, they will give you information that will help you not just to make a sale, but it will help you build a relationship if you are interested in actually finding a solution. So good example, a question that I ask almost all the time is um, if it's a new potential client, like have you hired a company for this kind of work before, whether it's snow or line painting or asphalt maintenance, like have you, have you been involved in the process of hiring a company before? And if they say yes, I, w- I asked them like, well, how did that experience go? And 
I was just telling this to somebody yesterday, actually. The reason why I think that's such an important question is um, if they have hired a company before to do the same work that your company does, you should be asking them why they're not going back to that same company. And some people might think that's a rude question, but I, I really don't think it is. I think it's an excellent thing. You should ask somebody on the phone if you had this work done before and you liked the work and the job that they did, is there any specific reason why you're coming to our company to ask for a proposal if it, if it worked out for you last time? And what that's going to do is it's going to give you information as to, okay, maybe something didn't go 100% right last time. Maybe they had terrible communication with this contractor last time. Maybe they were concerned that the price that they got, even though the work was good, was too high. And now they're like checking around to see... And when you start asking those questions, you'll get the information back when you listen. And then right then and there on the phone or in an email or whatever way it is, you can start getting good information to help you provide a solution. Or you might get information back that immediately um, uh, qualifies out you working with that client. So I don't know if that was a answer to your question. I kind of went off on a tangent there. But yeah, absolutely. Everything we do is a relationship thing. In fact, this, uh, this poster behind us, whoop, has our five core values. And then right down there's our mission statement. Sorry, people on the podcast, you totally can't see this, but, um, in that, in that mission statement, it talks about how we value relationships. Um, we achieve our mission by providing solutions with precision to every client that we work with. So we're very much focused on not just, Hey, we'll sell you line painting. Like, no, we want to give you, um, a, a good service, um, we want to bring value to you besides just charging you money to paint your parking lot and kind of going above and beyond that way. So, uh, what's up to everyone else here in, uh, uh, what is this Instagram? What's good? Cape stripe. Good to see you. Thanks. I know you always pop on the live streams. Thanks for that. Really appreciate it. Thanks to Rob and my wife for calling me a control freak publicly. Appreciate it. That's literally all the time I got 20 minutes. So if you have any other questions, I think I'm, I would love to do this more regularly. Just hop on and, and make one of the episodes just some of the, the questions that people have. So if you're just tuning in and you missed them, I just ripped through some some five questions here that have been asked in the last couple of weeks, either on YouTube or DM. So uh, yeah, if you have any, any questions or anything you'd like to hear talked about on the show, uh, yeah, let me know. Send a DM to the Instagram or the email or whatever whatever ways you have of getting in touch with us, that'd be awesome. One last thing while everyone's here, cause like we've peaked at seven people on Instagram. What's good. Thank you for people on Instagram. I have some pretty epic news that I just got this morning. I, I can't tell you what it is, but I got some super exciting news that uh, will be happening in January, 2023. So um, it's not 100% official yet, just got the like the initial information this morning, but I can't wait to share that with everyone. Super excited! Uh, in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure I'll be able to to, to bust out this awesome news because I'm pr- I'm pretty excited about it. So, anyways, thank you everyone on the on the Instagram for tuning in. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you for listening, Sharif. I will not tell you yet. I'm, well, actually, Sharif, Sharif, you'll know what it is if you go into the private Striped Academy Facebook group. Because I, I posted about it there. How's that for a teaser? If you if you're part of the Striped Academy in either the coaching program or the or the uh, the group coaching, uh, we have a private Facebook group. And I did I did I shared the picture of what the news is there. So you can't tell anybody though because it's not like 
It's not like super 100% official, but if you look at Sharif, you can see what it's, what's going on. There. So, Anyways, peace out, everyone. Keep your stripes hot. Thanks for everyone on the Facebook Live or the Instagram Live, and I will talk to you later. Bye.